0: Uh, community. Um, on May 20th, 2014, uh, Stephen Matson uh, wrote an article in Relevant Magazine titled Seven Misconceptions About Christianity. Uh, the title caught my attention, and of course, I, I read uh, that pati- particular article, and I found his list uh, to be very interesting. And as I shared this uh, list this morning, I I would imagine that that most of us uh, perhaps have experienced with family members, with friends, maybe in our initial introduction to Christianity ourselves, we held one of these uh, misconceptions. And and I think for the most part, you will agree with Matson's uh, article. Number one, it's political. Number two, everyone believes the same thing. Number three, Christianity is illogical and anti-science. Number four, it's always fun and happy. Number five, it solves all your problems. Number six, it causes prosperity. And finally, number seven, the community that is the church, is morally superior. Well, again, I found his uh, list very uh, interesting, and uh, as I thought about this list, I I did recall on occasion visiting with people who who perhaps had some of these ideas about uh, Christianity. The one I would like to point out and kind of focus upon this morning that I believe is related to our text from Acts chapter 14, is misconception number four, that Christianity is always fun and happy. Here is what uh, Matson says about this misconception. Christianity can be full of joy, but it can also be really hard. Following Christ demands sacrifice. It involves giving, helping, volunteering, and participating in difficult work. The main tenet of loving others is hardly ever easy. And the Christian life is often filled with trials, pain, suffering, heartbreak, and struggles, often requiring large amounts of grace. Forgiveness, patience, and energy. It's not easy, comfortable, or effortless. It's incredibly demanding, but in the end, it's worth it. it. Number uh, four, again, is is one of the misconceptions that probably we all can uh, relate to. This morning we want to continue our series of sermons from the book of Acts titled, You Will Be My Witnesses. And I think it's important before we get to chapter 14 and verse uh, 22 uh, to understand the context in which Paul and Barnabas make this statement. And the context is Paul's first missionary journey. We read about it beginning in Acts chapter 13 and verse 1 and continuing through chapter 14 and verse 28. So before we begin to comment on what he and Barnabas say in verse 22 of chapter 14, let me go back and quickly kind of summarize some of the key events from this first missionary journey. As best as we can determine, it's about 45 A.D. So some 12 to 15 years after the day of Pentecost, the day in which Christianity was born. The travelers included Barnabas and Paul, which at this point is still known as Saul, and a third associate, a young man by the name of John Mark. They leave Antioch, board a ship at Seleucia, and sailed to Cyprus which was the home of Barnabas they preached the gospel in Salamis the largest city of Cyprus and Paphos the capital city for the first time Saul is referred to as Paul and from this point forward it is Paul and Barnabas rather than Barnabas and Saul from Paphos the team sailed to Perga in Pamphylia For some unknown reason, John Mark leaves the mission and returns home to Jerusalem. And that will be the topic of our discussion next week from Acts chapter 15 uh, from the pulpit. This incident, as we will see next week, would later bring contentions between Paul and Barnabas as they contemplate a second missionary journey. From Perga, they trekked inland some 100 miles to another Antioch, this one in Pisidia. Paul's first recorded sermon is preached there, and a number of Gentiles are converted to Jesus. Persecution arises, so Paul and Barnabas travel to Iconium, but persecution occurs there as well. Their next stop is Lystra. The pair are mistaken for the Greek gods Zeus and Hermas. Jews from Antioch, Pisidia, and Iconium follow them, and Paul is stoned and left for dead. Paul, of course, recovers, and he and Barnabas travel then to Derby. They then revisit Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch in Pisidia and appoint elders in every church. They returned to Perga, preached the gospel there again, board a ship in Italia, and sailed back to Antioch in Syria, uh, the congregation that sent them forth on this first missionary trip, having traveled over 1,200 miles and having been away approximately two years. This amazing journey, as Matson wrote about, was filled with trials, pain, suffering, heartbreak, and struggles. But we will see when we get to the end of our lesson this morning, certainly well worth it. Well, here's the reality, returning to chapter 14 and verse 22, when Paul and Barnabas make the statement, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. The word that's translated in the NIV as hardships is a common word in the New Testament. It's a word that John uses uh, quite frequently in the book of Revelation. It's from a verb which literally means to squeeze or to press or to crush. So this word describes trouble that inflicts distress, oppression, affliction, and tribulation. In fact, the word tribulation is the word that is used to translate this particular word in uh, the book of Revelation. And as, as I think we all understand, these hardships can either come from external so, uh, sources, that is, sources outside of the body of Christ, or these hardships can come from within the body of Christ. It is interesting the word must that Paul and Barnabas use in making this uh, statement. Again, another word that is found quite frequently in uh, the New Testament. And in most contexts, the word is used in reference to something that God wants His people to accomplish And so many New Testament scholars, when they see this word must, uh, refer to it as the divine must. Because it's referring to God's divine plan in some way. And so what Paul seems to be saying in this statement, hardships are consistent with God's intention. In other words, it's just to be expected that hardships will occur even though we are disciples of Jesus. So suffering and difficulties are unavoidable gateways into the kingdom of God. Well, let me now go back and uh, quickly share some of the reasons for the hardships that Paul and Barnabas uh, encountered during this first missionary journey. Uh, we can go back to the very beginning in chapter 13 and verse 8 and see that they were met with opposition. The word translated opposition means to uh, stand against or uh, to withstand. Uh, Paul and Barnabas throughout this journey encountered those who withstood them or oppose them in their teaching and preaching uh, of the gospel. So opposition can arise. Opposition can arise in our own lives as we try to live out our faith, as we try to teach and preach the gospel of Jesus as well. Chapter 13, verse 13, uh, is where we read of John Mark leaving this missionary trip and returning to his home in uh, Jerusalem. And again, as we will see next week uh, at the end of chapter 15, a lot of times hardships arise or disappointment occurs because fellow Christians can hurt us. And here we see an example of uh, some internal conflict. A hardship occurs because of disappointment with uh, a fellow Christian. If you continue through uh, the journey in Acts chapter thirteen, uh, we rise on several uh, see uh, on several occasions. Jealousy arises, uh, primarily from Jewish uh, opponents. We also see in verse forty-five not only jealous crowds opposing Paul and Barnabas, but hurling verbal abuse uh, as well. We also see in chapter 13 and verse 50, later in chapter 14 and verse uh, 2, where these opponents, those who were seeking uh, to persecute Paul and Barnabas on this journey, provoked the crowd. Uh, perhaps through uh, spreading rumors or spreading uh, lies about uh, the two as they uh, were insistent upon teaching and preaching about uh, Jesus. In chapter 14 in verse 5, we see that uh, these opponents plotted against them, again uh, being dishonest in what they said about uh, Paul and Barnabas. Uh, We come to chapter 14 and verse 15 where they are mistaken uh, because of the the miracles, the wonders and signs uh, that God empowered them uh, to do. Uh, They were taken for for Greek gods. And so this misunderstanding uh, of who they were. And then finally, in the case of Paul being stoned, there is physical uh, persecution and we could probably add to our, uh, to our own list uh, of things that have, have occurred in our own lives that create a hardship in some form or fashion because of our faith in Jesus. And so how do we respond to the reality of the Christian life often being a very difficult life uh, to live? Well, I want to suggest uh, seven uh, ways that Paul and Barnabas uh, respond to these hardships. uh, Seven very positive ways that I hope we can apply to our own lives uh, as well. Number one, in the words of Tom Petty, don't back down. Don't back down. Uh, If there are those who oppose you, be willing to stand your ground. Uh, Both the Old Testament and the New Testament are full of examples of godly men and women who, in spite of the hardship, in spite of a difficult circumstance, refused to back down. They stood their ground because of their faithfulness and their commitment uh, to Christ. Number two, as we have opportunity, teach the whole Word of God. It's very interesting. Uh, I think we've mentioned this a time or two uh, previously uh, in a couple of sermons. Uh, I know uh, we're discussing uh, the book of Acts in the Bible class I'm part of uh, after worship. And we've commented on the gospel sermons that we find in the book of Acts. And and whether it's Peter preaching or it's Paul preaching, uh, you see uh, almost the same outline. Uh, They begin in the Old Testament. And they speak of the promises to Abraham and his descendants. Uh, They mention uh, messianic prophecy. They argue uh, how Jesus fulfills uh, that prophecy and how God raised Him from the dead and He is now our Lord and Savior. And so they teach the whole Word of God, or as we sometimes say, the whole counsel of God. Again, this unwillingness uh, to back down. They taught the Word of God with courage. Uh, Number three, another way to respond is to seize every opportunity that we have in nearly every location that Paul and Barnabas visited. uh, They obviously spent uh, a considerable amount of time, days, weeks, perhaps even a few short months in some of these uh, locations. And it seems like quite often... Uh, people would just kind of gather. They tended to attract a crowd. And so when that would occur, they would seize that opportunity. They would uh, seize the moment, uh, if you will, to share uh, the gospel of Jesus or to serve in some way. And again, we have reached a time of year in, in our calendar for we will have uh, ample opportunity uh, to share, whether it's verbally, physically, uh, sharing of of our own resources uh, to those particularly uh, in our community who need to be uh, encouraged, who perhaps are all alone uh, this time of year, uh, to be a friend. And so again, we're we're entering a a time in which we can seize every opportunity, uh, every door that the Lord opens uh, for us. Number four, and this relates back to the very first one, but be bold. Uh, Go back with me to chapter 13 and verse uh, 46. Paul and Barnabas are in Antioch of Pisidia. Uh, Luke records for us uh, the most information about uh, their time spent in uh, this particular uh, city. On, on a particular uh, Sabbath, uh, they have encountered a great number uh, of crowds. Uh, verse 45 says uh, the Jews were filled with jealousy. They began to contradict what Paul was saying. Uh, we see this abuse uh, verbal abuse being heaped upon him. But notice verse 46. Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. Boldly. This isn't the first time we have encountered boldness or courage or conviction uh, in uh, the lives of these uh, first century Christians. In fact, you can make the case that boldness is one of the dominant themes of the book of acts uh, we see it beginning in chapter two it continues right into chapter three chapter four think of the boldness of stephen in chapter seven he suffers martyrdom because of his conviction about uh, jesus and remember that the the idea behind this word uh, boldness uh, is related to seizing every opportunity uh, the, the right, the willingness uh, to speak up as we have opportunity. Uh, number six, when we face hardship, uh, particularly when others are mistreating us, embody grace. We see this emphasized in chapter 14 and verse uh, 3. So Paul and Barnabas spent content, uh, considerable time there. They are now in the city of Iconium speaking boldly for the Lord. Here we see that word again. Who confirmed the message of His grace. And some of the the most powerful times in which we can embody grace is when we respond with grace to those who perhaps are mistreating us, uh, to those who misunderstand. Uh, When we face a little... Uh, Verbal abuse ourselves to be willing uh, to embody uh, grace and extend grace uh, as need be. And then finally, our verse 22 itself. Strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith, they then make this statement. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. And so one way we can respond to one another, is to strengthen each other, to encourage one another. Um, The one another uh, verses in the New Testament, I believe there are are over 50 of them, they all communicate a very powerful message, uh, attitudes that we are to reciprocate to one another in the body of Christ. These two being uh, two of the most important, uh, taking the opportunity to strengthen each other, encourage one another as we have uh, opportunity. Paul's first missionary journey obviously uh, was etched very powerfully uh, in his mind. I find it really interesting at the uh, close of his life he writes a second letter uh, to Timothy. And in 2 Timothy chapter 2, he recalls this first first missionary journey. And and we're probably now 20 years later. And here's what he says beginning in chapter uh, 3 in verse 10. He says, You, however, that is Timothy, know all about my teaching my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kinds of things that happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all. And there's the key. Paul's faith in Jesus. And I think he provides us with a little formula here in the Second Timothy 3 text. Endurance leads to deliverance. Endurance leads to deliverance. And so when we face these hardships, when we face these difficulties uh, in our lives... Perseverance includes Jesus standing beside us. Jesus being with us all the way. And of course, ultimately, He will deliver us when He returns uh, to get us, to receive us as His people. And we'll spend an eternity with Him in His presence. It's not always joy. It's not always a lot of fun. It can be very difficult living the Christian life. But not only is Jesus with us, we are filled with His Spirit, and we are here together for each other. And so may I encourage you this morning as we face our own hardships in our Christian life to endure. We're going to stand. Kyle's going to lead us in one more song. As we sing this song, I hope each of us will uh, personally uh, reflect upon our own lives. And if you need to respond to Jesus this morning, please do so while we stand and sing.
1: Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling.
0: Calling
1: for you and and for for me, see on the portals he's waiting and watching, watching Watching for for you and for me.
2: Well, today is a good day, and uh, God is good even when times are tough. And and today we we have two people uh, coming down who who have had some tough times, and uh, and so uh, they're in the right place, and they're trying to do the right thing. And so I want to start over here with Jillian, uh, who is uh, the age of Clint and I think, and we went through uh, babies and stuff. She is the daughter of Lloyd and Deborah Usry. And Jillian has had uh, some hard times and has actually spent time in prison. But she is home, and she is here, and we want to be there to support her and and to help her and uh, do everything that we can uh, to draw her near to God And the first way I think we do that is we try to draw near to her. And so sometimes those of us uh, who are God's children, in the relationship that we share with each other, others can feel the love of God through His people. And and that helps kind of connect people who may have been disconnected at times. And so, Jillian, we are glad that that you are here, um, and we're gonna we're to do what we can to help you. The other person coming today, there's actually two of them, and one of them is uh, uh, Brad Smith, who is Robin Figgins' brother, and many of you know Brad, and he has brought with him his daughter Adeline, and. And Brad has had some struggles as well. He he has some stuff now. He's he's doing better, and his words are: he needs a home, and we want to be that home, Brad. We we want to be, we want to be that. And uh, he wants his daughter to be dedicated to the Lord, and he's starting at a good time. Uh, she's not all that old, but it, so it's a good time to start. Uh, and so. Uh, we want to pray for both of these people, and we want uh, you to meet them and get to know them, and then we would ask both of y'all, Brad and Jillian, to uh, let us know uh, what, what you need and, and that kind of thing, uh, and we want you to be here with us so that we can keep up with you and put our arms around you and, and hold on to you. So let's, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father and our God, we uh, thank You so much uh, for allowing us to even come here today and be in Your presence, to be able to address You as our Father, and to know uh, that You want to be in relationship with us. And Father, we want to draw near to You. We want to to be like Jesus. Father, today we're coming to You admitting that all of us sin and all of us fall short and we very often don't look very much like Jesus. Father, we want to be like Jesus. And we ask that You would strengthen us, that You would increase our faith, that You would give us courage. And most of all, that You would hold us by the right hand and that you would pick us up when we fall. And today, Father, we have two of ours who have come and who have struggled. And Father, we are thankful that they are here today and at this point of wanting uh, to be with you, wanting to be with your family of people, church. And Father, we pray especially today for Jillian and we pray that you would strengthen her that you would keep evil away from her that you would shield her for this time father we pray that you would give her eyes uh, to see what you want for her eyes to see the people that she needs to be with so that she is surrounded Uh, by by good things. Father, we pray likewise for Brad as he has a little daughter that he needs to be an example for, that he needs to dedicate truly to you at this early age to raise her and nurture her. Uh, And Father, we pray that you would strengthen him that you would use us in every way to uh, be a, a strength for him and something a place that he can go to a home a harbor a safe place And father we just pray that these two today who have come acknowledging their need father we pray that you would have mercy on them and that you would reach down that You would put Your arms around them and that You would lift them up. And Father, today we pray again that all of us humble ourselves before You and realize that without Your love and the sacrifice of Your Son Jesus, we are all in a mess. And Father, we pray that we can all fix our eyes upon Jesus and that we can keep moving forward in his footsteps every day to look more and more like him. And we pray, Father, for this church. As we select uh, new leaders, we pray uh, that you would work your will among your people and that you would raise up leaders for your people. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his life, his obedience, and his death just for us and we ask that all of us would every day commit ourselves to following him and it is in the name of Jesus that we pray amen and with that I think you can just be dismissed to classes